0: all right here we go you ready all right all right three two one
1: this show is not for the easily offended so if you are easily offended go listen to something else
0: Welcome to episode 400-something of Marvel Noise. Not nah, just kidding. It's indie comic book noise. And Andrew the LA Rabbit, the voice of indie noise, is away show. on the vacation of a lifetime. So you've got the B-team. I'm Steve Raker, along with WWX Kevin and Phil. Good day. Well,
1: he wanted that vibranium. So, I mean, there's only so many places you can find that stuff for cheap.
0: Uh, I didn't want to say, Kevin, but he was trying to visit you up in the icebox, and I think he <laughs> took a wrong turn at Albuquerque.
2: I, I feel like America gets bigger winters than Canada now, though.
0: <laughs> that that may be, but unfortunately, I, I just keep, just keep getting rain here in upstate New York. Uh, indie um, comic book noise is a podcast that comes out whenever we feel like putting it out, whenever we've got the content. Well, the podcast that's fit to post gets posted. There's a post that's joke in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> isn't it also have various lifestyle brands or something like that?
0: Well, the various life by lifestyle brands are brought to you by the uh, Deliberate Noise Network, run by our benevolent overlord, Derek Howard. And he keeps the lights on and does all the tech stuff that we don't know how to do. And we just get to make noise. It's a pretty this good deal. True. Not too shit. And shy. we never
1: say anything truly controversial. And, we say, and, and controversial. Andrew would, would prompt me to say something controversial.
0: Uh, what do you got? Let's talk about Andrew. <laughs> got anything controversial to say about Andrew?
1: About, hmm. I mean he was swearing on that one episode. <laughs> and uh he swore? One episode he was swearing up a storm.
0: Oh guys, wait till he comes back from sea. He's going to be like have all kinds of salty language.
1: This is true. He he goes inside of a a whale like um what was that show? No, with him last year where you where they like travel inside of a whale and all this Oh, I was like an goes algorithm inside and it. everything
0: let him go inside a whale that would be so cool <laughs> <laughs> all right well so uh indie books no andrew to keep the train rolling along and uh, acting like everything's planned and whatnot so uh, we, we what do we do here we talk about comic books right as long as it's not comics from the big two
2: well and kevin also likes to talk about cats
1: yeah cats. And, and then and then Andrew likes to throw in um, a DC reference or something. Oh. Hey, I saw that Hellboy game that I guess finally came out. And it was oh, I totally of...
2: forgot about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's. I thought you were into this, and then I saw it on the worst <laughs> of list for the year. Yeah, uh, yeah Wait, it, it it
0: board game, game or game, video game?
1: Video game. Video game. It, it looked like the Magnolia art.
0: Yeah. And so this game looks looks great. But yeah, unfortunately, like, from what I can sucked, I guess. ascertain, well, not even that, there are some people who are like, the gameplay is kind of unique and it, but it by the time you're going through it, it makes you feel like you're in a Mignola comic, which I was like, I could go for that. And it's been on sale a few times recently. So it's been like, like 20 bucks, nineteen ninety mm-hmm. nine, 99 that kind of thing. But uh, there's a um, glitch with the save, the the progress save, and they and they haven't put a patch in yet so oh. people are losing all of their progress they're like i just you know i've made three quarters of the way through the game <laughs> and lost everything and yeah As i think they keep, haven't patched that yet i keep going to like the reviews and going to the most recent <laughs> to see like when someone says hallelujah it's finally saved yeah. but a lot of people were like i would love this game if it would save so I, i'm wow. just waiting
1: yeah i was waiting for some first-hand accounts because i was just like wow yeah like,
2: now you mentioned the- up you mentioned the board game, Steve. Have you played the Hellboy board game?
0: I have
1: not.
2: Okay. Yeah. I hear it's good if you have everything. You need, you kind of need all the extra stuff. Hmm. But otherwise, it's a good dungeon crawl.
0: I love board games and I kickstart uh, as many board games and card games as I do mm-hmm. art projects, at least over the history of my kickstarting. Um, but lately i've just had to cut way down cuz me now, too yeah my kids are like teenagers and like they're not playing with me no more <laughs> yeah so it's like i am finding the games are piling up on the shelf and it's like that would be a great game but i've never yeah. got to play it that would be a and great i got
2: uh, i got to the point where i'm spending like 600 on a game and oh. some of them i haven't even tried yet so i'm like yeah so i've i've cut down to and i i have all my white whale games so like any game i've ever wanted i've got so it's got to be something really special now, to grab my attention, and and I'm not I'm sure that something will eventually, but yeah, I haven't crowdfunded a game in a bit now.
0: I, I have a rec- lot coming still though. Yeah right. I, yeah. I, uh, I did one recently that was like a re do of a game from like six or seven years ago that i kickstarted oh, okay and i enjoyed and now it's like you know updated this updated that uh all the what expansions were included in the main game now uh ancient and terrible things it's kind of a um oh, lovecraftian I think, yeah. thing i haven't played and, it but and the cool thing about the new version is there was a solo uh play version of it so i'm like oh yeah, that's i funny. only buy that's perfect yeah, for me now
2: that have solo because <laughs> that way they hit the table more
0: you know i wish i could come brew. over after school and play at your house i would oh, <laughs> games with you. yeah all right who's got a comic anybody got a comic
2: well uh when i was young i used to love uh full moon movies a lot i'm sure you must have seen some steve which movies uh full moon movies oh company yeah, yeah, yeah you never watch yeah yeah and uh, i've covered a lot of the comics on the show by Dame, the old company danger lab yeah and uh i think like puppet master tracers is oblivion a whole bunch of them but uh so i got a big bunch of old ones by eternity comics i got like a pu- uh, puppet master series uh tracers subspecies dollman and wow. uh, demonic toys so so far the only one I've read is Demonic Toys, and they had well they they had a movie which I don't like anymore. A lot of the full moon movies I don't like anymore. The only one I still like is Doll Man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there was the first movie, then they had a sequel which was Doll Man versus Demonic Toys, and it was also a sequel to uh, Bad Channel, so it was three movies kind of in a way. Wow. And then I think they had a third one against the puppets or whatever Puppet Master or whatever. But uh, so I don't know where this comic takes place, but it's four issues and it's done by um, J.H. Williams. Oh, huh. it's kind of cool. Huh. Yeah. Uh, 1992. So I don't know when he started. Do you guys remember?
1: That seems pretty early.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's way before like Promethea and all that stuff.
2: OK, so, yeah, his art's definitely a little more amateurish at this point, but uh, it's still enjoyable to see it's uh so i guess this is yeah when he was first starting out i'm not sure i I would like to see what yeah what his first comic was
0: i'm curious yeah i mean by the time he was um doing his thing and more recognized i doubt that um you know a company like this would have reached for his pay rate to do yeah you know the licensed comics that kind of a thing yeah and
2: there's also another artist on here called larry welch So I don't know if they both did it together, if they did their own pages. Huh. So that's probably why it also looks different, you know, compared to his usual art. And then uh, it's written by Doug Campbell. I don't know him. I don't know if he's a famous writer or anything.
0: I love his soup.
2: Yes. Yeah, he does have good soup. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so basically this comic. It's uh, I think it takes place after the first movie because it has a couple scenes with the surviving character from the first movie, but it, but it's almost kind of pointless. Like I kind of wish they didn't put her character in there. Cause she doesn't really, she's not the hero of the comic. She only has like a couple scenes and that's it. And they almost have too many characters in this comic, but basically it's about the toy company starting a new, like making a new building cause their other one burnt down. And uh, the main villain is this demon in the form of a kid. And he, He'll basically like kill someone and then climb in their body. Ooh. So he's trying to. So basically, he traps this pregnant girl because he wants to sleep with her so he could be born again as her baby. And uh, it's just about the boyfriend having to like break in and try and save her. And at the same time, there's these other guys trying to blow up the building, which was kind of too much added into the story. They should have kept it a little more simpler. And, uh, but overall, it was, uh, was better than the movie so wow. I think that's a plus but i feel like to read these comics you got to be a full moon fan like i don't think you guys would find any joy from this unless maybe it was from the art
0: i did like that you said he had to climb into the body um since he's a kid <laughs> that, yeah that, so then it, yeah, it takes painted a, a good image like, he's gotta, like, it, climb up. it in. did paint a good image
2: <laughs> until the scene where he wanted to bang the woman <laughs> So basically it was a kid in an old man's body that was gonna bang a woman. A pregnant woman. Yes. So that that scene was a little weird. But it uh, gave this them is an excuse. It's starting to
1: sound like a manga.
2: It gave them an excuse to have the girl run around in her underwear with the rest of the series.
0: That now that sounds like a manga.
2: Yeah. So I'm really hoping I'll like Dollman a lot, because that's that movie I love. I love the first Dollman movie. It's a good sci fi, like cheesy sci fi yeah and i I wanted to read tick 100 did you ever read that one steve i feel like you would have maybe
0: i did uh, but back in the day quite some time ago
2: okay yeah because it's the invincibles crossover and i only read a bit of it but one thing i loved about it is they had this two-page uh like spread of all these little panels and like they were fighting these jelly beasts and as like the jelly beasts were like getting exploded from their punches and stuff like it looked like an invincible violent gory scene
0: oh funny yeah so it
2: just i don't know it was just really neat like it really felt like an invincible comic the way they did they did an amazing job so yeah i'm excited to read the rest of that but
0: do you you have it right there
2: uh not in front of me right now no no
0: i forget who drew that yeah, I, I didn't,
2: I didn't recognize the artist or anything or the people that worked on it. I never read the rest of that series because that was called like the New Tick series, I believe. And I guess they jumped to one hundred at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised there were a hundred Tick comics
0: <sighs> by now. I guess maybe. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> but I do kind of hate that where they jump numbers, like yeah. especially the way Marvel does it, but because uh, they just count everything, but. But well, for I'm, something like Tick, I don't mind as much. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a satire of what the rest of the it would be yeah. like if Cerebus did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Although that would be blasphemy since Cerebus is the, yeah. you know, grail that's held up as the uh, long-running indie book. Yeah, I still
2: haven't read an issue of that. Really? No, nope, never Yeah. I
1: read
2: think I own maybe two issues, but I never read them. I've I... read them in the Spawn crossover, that's it.
0: I only own a, a couple issues, too, but they mm-hmm. were uh, from the first dozen um, okay. when, I, when I was uh, trying everything out off the shelves, all the indie stuff. And um, I didn't, you know, I I got that they were joking on the X-Men and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I
2: feel, I feel as a kid, I wouldn't
0: have. Yeah, it, that it that's maybe. it. I wasn't yeah. right. Like that and Zippy the Pinhead was like a little over my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin, what you got?
1: Well, I feel like uh, the rabbit's influence is looming over this episode because he requested that I, I talk about something, and I thought it would be way better for him to be here.
0: Well, well, that's or just maybe the, he you wants know, my he,
1: my master opinion on on something.
0: But he's not here. He can't make you do anything you don't want to do, Kevin. <laughs>
1: this is true. Well, it, it was funny. Like before, we got a, a chance to really go into something. Like news was breaking with CGC like over Christmas and then he disappears and he goes, oh, what an exciting time. I'm like, but you're the one with all the cheap slabs filling up your place. For real. Sure, yeah. yeah, there's There's been like a, a CGC scandal brewing um, within the last couple of weeks.
0: You mean they don't grade consistently?
1: <sighs> <laughs> Nothing like that. I think everyone knew that right i mean that's what why you say you you buy for like the book that you're like you look at the book you're buying you don't buy for the grade you buy for the book yeah well
0: if you open the thing up and the book isn't in there you're in big trouble
1: (laughs) (laughs) and with the scandal um it would have really made a, a a lot more sense too because apparently someone i mean i'm sure this has happened before like as soon as you have money involved, heck, even when you don't have money involved, people do stupid things for like no reason. So when there's money involved, especially with like arts and comics and it's like, I don't know, $10,000 or something, like someone's going to try to like commit fraud and, and make a lot of money, right?
0: So they put a good cover on a bad comic or something?
1: So the from what I understand, they're like getting stuff graded. Taking the comic out of the slab, and then and then like putting another comic inside, or so you so I assume you you want to
2: oh like a rougher like a, yeah like I assume shape. you
1: want the high grade book and you're putting the rough book in the in the slab again.
2: But how ha- I thought you're you weren't supposed the to be able to open those or something. Like aren't those like locked tight?
1: Not exactly. I mean, I mean you can go to places that do a lot of work. Like, you can technically get inside and stuff like that. So then there's, like, go collect in places that, that, that like, track a lot of graded stuff. So I guess at some point someone noticed that and it's like, hey, how come these two things have the same serial number? So you start getting into business like that, and it's like, uh-oh.
0: Which is the very reason why they do the serial number and everything, right? Yeah. So I yeah, guess so the system worked eventually
1: so, so there's like a lot of funny business going on going on like that so like cgc eventually like re- replied to like what was going on and it looks like they've they've found like at least 325 um questionable books
2: is this something that could like kind of ruin them because now people uh, yeah, won't ruin to the trust. whole
1: collecting thing because if yeah. you can't like trust like what you're buying is the actual thing like why would you ever grade anything Mhm so Yeah there's a, been a, been a lot of uh discussion and and craziness like that and then GoCollect has put out a like a, a little statement too because they, they want to like gather all the sales and tell you sure. what the fair market value is over the last 30 days or 90 days or or whatever So it's been uh it's been an interesting time Has uh as the rabbit has said because uh because he collects
0: a bunch <laughs> he gets a lot yeah. of those i mean what's next nfts yeah
1: right <laughs> uh so yeah i don't I, I don't know because even if you like sure you can redesign like the packaging or whatever but i mean there's still like all yeah the, the damage
2: old... is done it's too yeah early. like
1: all the old things but i mean it seems like they're they're trying to get control of everything. And yeah, like but I think you're right. And, I think that's and, the only thing beyond. they can do
2: is repackage. So at least going forward, people know, you know.
1: But those the, those those books, those things are out there. It's like when they decide to change their label or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like the old ones are out there and you can't like invalidate the old ones. I mean, you're going to say, oh, but yeah. You could, this
2: probably, can... you could probably just go, okay, the ones from the last few years might be compromised or something, you know. Anything below that is fine.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how, like, I'm sure more than one person has done it at one point in time. But it's like, this is the only one they, like, you know of. But who knows how long it's been going on. And how as long as there.
0: there's been soldering tools, I guess.
1: Pretty mm. much, right? And, and it's like, you know, whatever happens, like, someone's going to try to do it in the future again. Sure. It, it's like Chinese,
2: Chinese spies trying to get our comics. <laughs>
1: Because even like I know some people say, oh, it's collectibles are unregulated. Even in a regulated industry, like people are still trying to print off like ten dollar bills or whatever. Like Mm. people are still gonna try whatever it is.
2: This could be like a big mob operation or something.
1: You never know. (laughs) But yeah, you see that list, and it's like Amazing Spider Man three hundred like fifty times over or something.
2: That's the Venom one. Is that the Venom one? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think like anything like like Andrew would have. I mean, but you know, people have have done goofs before on stupid things. So like maybe hey. they they did it to some worthless book too. But
0: Andrew's got a lot of first appearances. <laughs> this oh, is yeah.
1: true. Low grade better than no grade. But I just thought that was interesting because I didn't see it everywhere. Like I I vaguely knew of something that was going on, but I guess it's it's. It's like leaking out to like, um, I mean, more places.
0: Yeah, but you for know. real, I mean, shit's gotta been going on like this in the card, trading card industry as well, right? With the they have Probably the same that. type of yeah. graded cards and in the little hard shells and everything like that.
1: Interesting. Or even the, they're grading action figures, and then they're supposed to start grading like pulp novels and all that stuff. So, yeah, like I can really shake. Uh, the foundations of your industry, if people like switch companies or or whatever.
0: Kevin, they graded the action figure, but then they took the build a figure part out.
1: Oh, you know, I've sold some without the build a figure part, like I, because I, I, you see, sell that for like at a, a, a con before. Oh, the figures there, yeah, and it's like the packaging is still there. So yeah, you take the build a figure part out, but it's like it's always labeled like, yeah. no piece,
0: right. Yeah, that's all right. I, I used to buy a few that way to get a deal on some ones that I wanted.
1: I always wondered, would it, would is it better that you get the packaging without the piece inside or just to get the figure on its own? Like, you know, people packaging might have is different better. ideas of which one's better.
0: Yeah, better to have the packaging. Yeah. Because it's more. It's more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I read a good comic yesterday that uh, I did in one sitting because I was enjoying myself and it was something that i had been just vaguely familiar with and that's the mystery of datlov pass every few mm-hmm. months i go online and i look at the digital offerings from europe comics where they um translate and instead of in print offered digital copies of foreign comics and uh, i've mentioned yeah, once now company. and again yeah. and this one's from last year in 23 And 98 pages of story, plus there's seven pages of back matter that are related to the historic source material. And this is by a writer and artist team named Jandro and Mayen. And it's translated from the French by James Hogan. And the deal is that nine experienced skiers go on this epic track across the frozen tundra in the late 1950s. And one returns ill and the others all go missing and are presumed dead. They find the tent uh, on this mountain slope along their intended path. And the tent is cut open from the inside. Then over time, they're finding bodies all over the, the, the of the skiers all over the area. But they're like wearing their pajamas and their socks because they left all their gear, including like their boots and and their shoes all in the tent. So like they must've been in a hurry, but from what there's no signs of a struggle Uh, Two died a bit further down uh, um, along this wooded area where they tried to build this campfire. And then they find two that have injuries that are similar to being in an auto accident. One's got a skull crushed. The other's broken ribs and a twisted leg, that kind of stuff. So it's like, what went on here? Like one had burns too, didn't he? Well, yeah, not just burns, but radiation burns. And and these were experienced skiers and, and outdoorsmen, even though two of them were women. So then you throw in that all this took takes place in cold war Soviet era Russia. And then it's like uh, kind of almost anything could happen. And, and that's the deal. The, the tale is told from the point of view of like the lead investigator who himself is finding himself hamstrung and also being led by around by the KGB.
2: Okay, that's a lot like that TV show that Kevin was talking about there. That's what it's about. Yeah,
0: Like, he can't get certain questions answered. He can't Mm -hmm. um, keep the case open as long as he wants to. He can't follow up on certain uh, areas of interest that he wants to. Like, there were multiple reports of these glowing spheres in the sky. And like you said... The, there were burns on some of the bodies and the KGB tried to hide from the investigator, but he overheard the examiners cautioning one of the other uh, like assistants to suit up because there was high levels of radiation coming off of the bodies. So it's like, what the, f- you know, happened here? Um and, and ultimately, it all gets explained by uh, there was an avalanche but the surroundings don't support an avalanche the of damage to like the wooded area doesn't support an avalanche and again these guys were experienced enough expedition skiers that they weren't going to build their camp in the possible path of an avalanche so the story alternates between the investigator trying to overturn clues and new evidence being presented to him here and there we found two more bodies or this that or the other thing and then his ideas of what must have happened to the skier so it kind of like jumps to like the skier's story as as best as we know um, and it's just it uh it's it's just weird because you can't you know trying to piece the clues together but also not really being able to have a fair shake at it so no one really knows well, what happened? Uh,
2: the the radiation actually is from two of those guys. They did like ra- radiation cleanup or something at a plant.
0: Oh, is and that so? The,
2: and the lanterns they were using, uh, kind of gave off radiation. It, yeah, like there's the a really pre- cool uh, like twenty minute uh, documentary show called The Why Files on YouTube. I don't know if you ever seen it. No but he he kind of for fun goes through the conspiracy stuff he's not like oh, cool. a crazy or whatever but at the end he kind of explains what most probably happened and it's like bang on cool like it makes total sense yeah i totally
0: recommend it Excellent. Because, like, I when I mentioned in the, our pre-show communications that I was uh, going to talk about this book, and you guys mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I've seen like documentaries about yeah. this." Oh, yeah. Whatever. There's it's horror like, movies. There's video I, games. I, I had no idea stuff, this yeah. was a thing like that. I just sort of knew yeah. about it from my uh, mountaineering um, uh, history knowledge stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's, I
2: it's those, so those bizarre channels. how the bodies are and stuff. Like, it's it's when you first look at it, it's such a crazy thing whatever happened but yeah once you start kind of going through everything it's like okay this is probably what it was
1: yeah wow. some of those h- history or like discovery science channels are like what can we have on here so uh, inevitably it seems like you you get off onto like the loch ness monster or ancient aliens or
2: yeah you kind of expeditions and, and all that,
1: that for of fun that. but
2: yeah, oh well, I see. I thought I figured the comic you talked about was going to go into something supernatural to explain it, but I but yours was like, I guess like the real story,
0: right? Well, I, I um, you know, it's a comic book, so I don't know what mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to they portray what's happening to the yeah um skiers so that's all well, conjecture like as far as people on, pairing right. off and having a relationship or things that they mm-hmm. things that the investigator with his smart mind like was trying to put two and two together and thinking about how they must have been acting and you know they must have been having so much fun that day uh, you know who knows what they were if they could have been sick with dysentery someone could have gone crazy uh mm-hmm. they, who they talked about like a bear animal attack that, who who knows but
2: yeah, because yeah, one was missing a tongue and eyes, maybe, I think it was.
0: Yeah, but they were face down in the stream, so it's yes. like the insects yeah. could have, the worms could have eaten it out. It's weird stuff. All right, you're up, Phil.
2: No, that's all I had was those. <laughs> <laughs> usually I squeeze them together, you know, I kind of added the tick a bit.
0: There. That's true. All
1: right. All right. Kevin. And then, and Andrew says, that's okay, Phil, we got some more boys.
0: Yeah, exactly. Come on, do your line. Say that thing that Andrew says.
1: I can't be Andrew. I can't be Andrew for you.
2: You're
1: you're Andrew now.
0: You're Andrew podcast dad. You're
1: you're Andrew. I'm Andrew. I don't know what that means, but
0: it means I can't wait to go play with my toy collection after this episode.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I read. What I read, guys. I'm not. I'm not sure what happened. But anyhow, I guess it's coming out in. On February 14th, 2024, uh, according to the previous website.
2: It's the day of love.
1: Oh, I've never noticed that. That's weird. Is is that also... Does New Comic Book Day fall on? It does. Well, unless you think New Comic Book Day is the 13th. I mean...
2: (laughs) Maybe maybe you're a fan
1: of the Distinguished Competition and you like the 13th. But i'm called to 14 for all intents and purposes new comic book day is still wednesday right
0: in in my heart <laughs> in your heart yeah
1: you're you're not dead set on like who knows because something, something aren't like a lot of the companies kind of leaving
2: aren't a lot of the companies kind of leaving previews so who knows what's gonna happen well, i was just <laughs> gonna say
0: that <laughs> you it, it used to be fridays fridays was oh that yeah, was kind of yeah. fun getting the comics right on friday
2: And wasn't it like it's been all over the place over the years, right? Like, I remember it being other days, I think, even
0: Uh, Fridays and Wednesdays were what I always remembered Wednesdays, even when I was younger, uh, like in the earlier 80s. But then then Fridays and then in the 90s, it moved to Wednesday, which was great because uh, new music here in the States, the record shops would get their new music on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, So the new music would be on the shelves on Wednesday and my LCS when I was in grad school in the 90s in Boston was in Harvard Square was the New England comics in Harvard Square, the uh, publishers of the tick. And Mm -hmm. uh, so every Wednesday, my ritual was uh, to take the train in or once I had a vehicle uh, drive in after work. Uh, to Harvard Square and hit the comic book store and the two uh, the Tower Records and the H uh H&M HMV uh I forget it was some big big S two story record store that was great that was that was awesome I did that for like uh, two three years almost cool Wednesday Warrior
1: <laughs> Wednesday uh, I mean I don't know if I knew exactly what when a new comic book I vaguely knew But I don't think I knew, knew For a while
2: I definitely did because my dad he wasn't a geek But that's the way he bonded with me Is he would take me to on new comic book day every day and get me some new issues
0: Nice Yeah. Uh, yeah my dad for- used to tell me when like you would find different newsstands or, Oh, I found a better place that has comics. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me take you to here or there or whatever. And he always had a deal with me that if there was ever a Thor or Dr. Strange comic, mm-hmm. then I could buy it and it wouldn't count towards my allowance because he, he would pay for those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and after, after Fanico was my first LCS, LCS, um, a family opened up a record store and comic book store that was on my path like halfway between my um, grade school and my house on my path home so i passed it every day which was awesome so i always stopped in and that's when i started becoming a real um, aficionado of when the new comics came in and that there was a cycle and everything i'd be sitting there in the store waiting for that UPS box i come mm-hmm. in hanging out there all the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was so exciting
2: when you're younger too. Like
0: And then the crazy thing is, years later, my wife, uh my wife's family, my wife's older brother mm-hmm. was best friends with the guy whose uh comics were in the comic store that ran the comic side of things and uh had the back issues and turned me on to buckler's death lock and all that stuff so uh, Mm -hmm. i still see him now and again uh all these years later which is one of those small world kinds of things all right that's my lcs all right soapbox
1: (laughs) so i got a look at this uh mary tyler moorhawk but and i don't know is it too early it always feels weird when it's like a new year Something comes out at the beginning of the year and then you're just like, oh, like this is, this is like potential like comic of the year material or.
2: I think or... it's too early. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like Gavin it feels too early. It's... But,
2: but then we're you're not like, even halfway through
1: January. At this, I'm like, I mean, this is, this has got to be like, if you were compiling, like if you started doing a list early in the year, I mean, you already would be like doing up your, your short list. Okay. I can't remember like I can't forget about this when like December or whatever rolls around and you're doing your your best of list right like I like guess it's it's weird because it's the beginning of the year and you're like who knows what's going to come out in the year but
0: it's true it's it's not fair that uh, to hold against it that it come out in the beginning of the yeah. year right like um I I I always have to um check myself on like what came out in January and February because you forget about it by December for sure
1: so this has uh been graciously provided by uh Dave Baker and possibly Dave Baker and artist Dave Baker I mean it'll all make sense sort of maybe <laughs> but you can still like if this sounds interesting you can still uh order this up and then uh pick it up what in company a shop in February
2: what company is this
1: uh idw but i would say this would probably have been you know, remember idw got like top shelf or something mm-hmm. so i mean i just see idw up on the previous world website but it definitely doesn't feel like the like their mainline like idw stuff i mean it actually kind of feels like casanova I remember that, you know, the, the Fraction um, Bob Moon series where it was it was like that slim line and there was like 16 pages, but it seemed like there was more pages. And then there would be all this like back matter talking about crazy stuff. And I remember saying something like, I fell asleep three times during the first issue. And people were like, that's a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, there was a lot of stuff going on in Casanova. So this is is this is almost one of those things, like, it's like, who is Casanova? What is Casanova? When is Casanova? Where is Casanova? Because there's, like, these nine episodes in here of, like, a TV series. But it's like, that's the comic book part. And then there's, like, another part to this whole story where it's some weird magazine manifesto interview, like, extra media stuff sort of like about the comics you've been, you're like reading about. So it's like half comics part, not comics, but then there's also a lot of footnotes, which kind of reminds me of like the Casanova, how it had like the sort of, like you would read about some, I don't know, Dr. Clawhammer or something in the story. And then in the, at, at the back matter would tell you, Oh, Dr. Claw Clawhammer was inspired by. So there's like a ton of footnotes in here too. So it it would be like like you're just sort of like springboard right into the book and you're like reading about like the first episode. And then it's like all these like comic booky things like crazy organizations, you know, your, like your acronym organizations and a lot of those crazy supervillains, a whole Johnny Quest and, and G.I. Joe and all that type of stuff. So it's just piling on all these references to this world that, you're not a part of but now you are a part of but what makes the whole thing weird from the beginning is like there's sort of like an intro and it makes you question everything that's going on So it's like Dave Baker talking about a Dave Baker and then there's like a footnote to the thing like sort sort of like almost like there's a conversation going on like it says well who knows what what reality really is and then there'd be a footnote and I'd be like of course you would say that who would know for sure and I'm like, wait, what? what's happening? So it's a very, very layered approach to this story. I'm pretty wild, pretty crazy.
0: I uh, took a quick look at it and didn't get to get too into it, but it really is um, a concentrated effort. There's a lot of stuff going on on each page, each panel. Yes. My. I- My only complaint is this is just too much pink, Kevin. This is too much pink.
1: I was going to address that, too, because I'm like, I mean, you can definitely spend a lot of time like pouring over the panels and looking at every line, looking in those nooks and crannies and spending a lot of time. Like, you're going to spend a lot of time anyways reading this this wild story. But. Like the having the artwork be like that intense and being that much there to begin with, but I'm like I don't know if it like it could have used another color, or like maybe some like some darker outlines around things. But I had like trouble sometimes absolutely separating like the foreground.
0: Well, you nailed it on the head there. There's so much to look at. And there's actually some really intricate artwork going on there. But the the choice of the color and then to have it so liberally displayed like that, it it just it doesn't let you slow down. Right. Like red is the hurry up. Don't stay and go. Uh, You know, you're you're not comfortable You know, unless it's that deep kind of red where then it's like, oh, easy on the eyes. But this is bright and it just makes you it makes you move on. And I don't know that I always want to do that. I I would prefer it if there was um, half as much pink and more gray. But obviously this guy had a vision and this was it. So uh, who am I to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it it gets better maybe later on in spots where like more of the backgrounds are just like a solid color but there is still some of that intense detail but like yeah really early on you're just like wow look at that <laughs> just like one million lines <laughs> <laughs> It it is it is very crazy very very early on and i'm just like i'm like is this the whole thing is it gonna be like this because it is it is something else I mean, it's not bad to look at. I, I like a lot of the visualizations of, like, all the stuff where, you know, the, sometimes they don't do it nowadays when, you know, the character was like would be, like, jumping from place to place and you, you just put in a blur. So, like, a character will be shooting and you'll be, like, the character has, like, three arms. Like, I just like one when that, when that's uh, sort of put in there. Sure. And it's kind of funny, too, that, like, one of the characters sort of has, like, that it gets their hair, but it's sort of, like... The Mickey Mouse type of head, type of look there. It's just, it's just kind of funny.
0: Yeah, this Especially is very, where, very stylized artwork.
1: Yes, yes. Especially where it goes on later on about when you, when you're like reading about this possible thing, but in the future, as like a, a TV show and like the mixed media, like pictures and and words and interviews and everything. And I'm just like. Wait a second. What is happening exactly here? Like, did this? They have sort of have this thing about about it being dropped on someone's doorstep from the future, and it has that that weird vibe to it through the whole way through this. So yeah, like, I mean, definitely up there for for memorable and things that I'll be uh, I'll be thinking about through their entire year.
0: Nice. I got another foreign comic. Uh Americanized though. Yuhu. It's it, just like I like to go to the Europe comics website and look at their digital stuff. I, and now and again I go to the Panel Syndicate as well. And this series is three issues. Two of them are out so far and the uh, last one is supposed to come out um in a few months I believe. Uh in May. Uh, from what I understand, and it's called Martin Moon, written by Goran Sudzuka with art by Darko Makan. This first appeared on a Croatian website as like a webcomic, even though it is drawn traditionally pencils and, and inks. There are two stories in each issue, and there's two of the issues out so far with one to go. Their landscape like some of the panel syndicate stuff is. And each page has two rows of panels. So it's like a black and white newspaper strip, like a Sunday strip style, like a modesty blaze kind of a thing. You know, it it reminded me a lot of the pacing and the stylization of modesty blaze and axa and and those kinds of British black and white strips, which is fun. The uh, arcs are really short, they get like right into it, waste little time. Like the first story starts with Martine realizing everyone has lost six months' time. So there is like a kind of a sci fi, fantastic element to uh, the stories. And the catalysts for the other stories are like, um, usually her visiting a friend, presumably like a past romantic interest. And the friend is in some kind of fantastic scenario and then adventure ensues. Pretty short and sweet. The art is really nice. The brushstrokes are really clean. Uh, Martine is really pretty. Other characters all really are have individual looks and stuff There only seems to be one other. Maybe her girlfriend who uh, appears in any more than one of the strips. Otherwise, she's. Visiting this guy or coming to this premiere or doing some kind of a thing. One of the adventures involves a thought out, perfectly preserved and alive like Iceman from the past. There's one with Christ's waiter looking for the Holy Grail after all these millennia because it's to end his curse of living forever. And then the other one's like a like a Twilight Zone-esque mystery that surrounds the events of 9-11. Martine herself is like a totally super capable, many talented, intelligent woman, but it's unclear like what her past is, what her training is, what her occupation is, what she's doing in any of the places that she is other than visiting some guy. But Kevin, like Bandette, that strip that we loved. Yeah, that's good. Martine sort of, dances her way through these scenarios, like in a kind of a carefree, good intention, good attitude way that provides her with like both ignorance of some threats that are around her. Like she doesn't avoid getting into bad situations necessarily because she's confident, like she's going to handle it, I guess. Um, But that attitude also kind of protects her. From harm too, when all is said and done, because um, she's just right in there um, it, it's fun stuff there's no nudity or anything it, there's not enough time um to even have too much characterization um they they get right to it and um chug right along uh, and before you know it, they're over kind of fun fun strips, and with you know pa- panel syndicate, you can pay anything you want,
1: yeah. You know what that reminds me of now too is having seen so much One Piece is Luffy is definitely in that kind of category of just sort of wandering through things and you're like is he naive or is it confidence or whatever it is? You know that, that kind it, of Yeah, uh...
0: it it's it's Mr. Magoo. Yeah. Right? I mean he yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> there he goes <laughs> I and I he's driving my
1: car underwater. I can't yeah. see.
0: Oh, my boy. Oh, here I go. (laughs) He's Walking on the girder and it like lowers to another one and he never falls. He doesn't know. Yeah. But then he doesn't lose his balance because he doesn't know. Too funny. (laughs) Got one more, Kev? You're going to make me go for a twofer.
1: I don't really have it. I mean, I I could bring something up. I might have. I don't think I brought it up before, but I was just more, I guess, taken by, uh, stuff like uh what are the odds these these are these are questions I have. What are the odds that uh this criminal, Brubaker Philips criminal, um actually gets made under unlike something like that. Wagner's Grendel. Yeah. Hmm. So I... There's been some like cool announcements or um just like continuation of uh of things that I'm like I don't know I guess I'm excited for for a future of comic and adaptions and everything and what uh, what could be Yeah,
0: with Hollywood chugging along again now it's time to decide what projects places we're going to keep and there's been agreements and reorganizations and etc so it's almost like they get to start fresh with a clean slate but also have all these things that were sort of already presented that they could continue with if they wanted to where um it seems like uh it should be a land of riches for production companies right now as far as options
1: yeah but probably not not quite as not not the uh crazy 500 hours of excess that uh we've been used to which wasn't really sustainable anyways
0: yeah well give it time we'll see all all the streamers and cable companies are raising their prices so
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Something's gonna happen. <laughs> there may be more shows coming. All right, I got one last one to finish us off with then. Mm-hmm. And that is five issues from Scout Comics in 2021. It's Midnight Western Theater, written by Lewis South Southard. So maybe it's like Southern.
1: Hmm.
0: My bad. Sorry, Lewis. And art by David Hahn whose uh, line we're pretty familiar with. So uh, Miz, Midnight Western Theater, think hack slash, but it's a Western. I feel there's, like I might have read the first issue because I do like Scout Comics. Th- there's this kick-ass girl who has a cool look and a cool design with kind of a dark side and history worth exploring, who's teamed with a proper Englishman type who is a vampire. And they go town to town helping people and fighting monsters. The uh, They interdisperse what's going on with flashbacks to this girl's origin. She was a youth whose family gets uh, killed, and then she's sacrificed by this cult gang. And her upbringing and coming of age is what gets explored in the sequel five-issue series, Midnight Western Theater Witch Trial which is drawn by a different artist who I'm forgetting right now. And I only have the first issue of that. So I was going to wait uh, to read it until I seek out the others. Uh, but the, the premise makes for a pretty good done in one monster of the month. And and sometimes the monster is man, Kevin, um, you know, and they at the same time is doing the monster of the month kind of thing. They're also filling in this backstory of hers and having, like, events like, you know, the band breaks up and then they get back together and that kind of stuff. That kind of ties the uh, adventure of the month with last month's. Um, so it's it's fun. Uh, a good good little series. And and the character interplay is, is good. Actually, much better than Hackslash, I would say. The art is David Hahn, who I, I don't know about you guys, but I like his stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't say there is a series that I really identify him with, but yeah, I definitely know his style.
0: Maybe the, you know, I, I think I'm mixing him up with that guy or that guy. Yeah, he's one of those type of guys. <laughs> he's not Brian Hurt, you know, he, he, but he's close, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that makes for an episode. Uh, uh, Andrew, the L.A. Rabbitless episode of Indie Comic Book Noise. Thanks for playing along. Uh, I'm sorry for the those of you who didn't win the uh, showpiece prize. You'll be getting the home game to play along at home next time. And this episode was brought to you by rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat.
1: And Gator Croc Seven should that be my bid for the year just-, just introduce or somehow have characters from uh from mary Tyler uh Morehawk just just show up like I like some of these names like yeah have, uh fox trot Gator fox trot
0: if you manage to take little splices and and them out throughout the year, then we'll still remember the book at the end of the year when we're exactly. uh trying to give our year end praises.
1: How about sin dealer Gucci Hellbox?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, this is when uh, Andrew expects clever catchphrases. What do you got?
1: That's all I got. I'll workshop something.
0: Phil, have you seen heavy metal comicses? Um, cannabis products. Like they have new stuff. They're like they have designed like um, boxes of uh, all different kinds of cannabis products where like they're using images from the magazine and the Mm -hmm. classic heavy metal logo and all that stuff and it is uh some really clever stuff look it up online there's yeah some some really cool cool things and what a clever branding for the metalverse to act like they're pushing the boundaries of uh, psychedelia uh, Mm -hmm. and reality as well as art and story fun All right, gang. See you next episode. Later.
1: Uh, Insert Andrew's creepy music or something here. Yeah. (laughs)